Good morning. Today is Friday, the 25th of October, 2019. Our readings for today are Psalm 31, Ezra 3, 1 through 13, 1 Corinthians 16, 10 through 24, and Matthew 12, 22 through 32. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Mother, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our lives and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her. Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O God, you are my God, from break of day I seek you. O God, you are my God, eagerly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and barren land where there is no water. Therefore I have gazed upon you in your holy place, that I might behold your power and your glory, for your loving kindness is better than life itself. My lips shall give you praise. So will I bless you as long as I live, and lift up my hands in your name. My soul is content as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my helper, and under the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul clings to you. Your right hand holds me fast. O God, you are my God. From break of day I seek you. Psalm 31. In you, O God, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. 
Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O God, faithful God. You hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in God. I will exalt and rejoice in your steadfast love, because you have seen my affliction. You have taken heed of my adversities and have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O God, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of mind like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror all around as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O God. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Do not let me be put to shame, O God, for I call on you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go dumbfounded to Sheol. Let the lying lips be stilled that speak insolently against the righteous with pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness that you have laid up for those who fear you and accomplished for those who take refuge in you in the sight of everyone. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from human plots. You hold them safe under your shelter from contentious tongues. Blessed be God, for God has wondrously shown God's steadfast love to me when I was beset as a city under siege. I had said in my alarm, I am driven from your sight, far from your sight, but you heard my supplications when I cried out to you for help. Love God, all you God's saints. God preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts haughtily. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Ezra chapter 3 verses 1 through 13. When the seventh month came and the Israelites were in the towns, the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua son of Josedek with his fellow priests and Zerubbabel son of Sheathel with his kin set out to build the altar of the God of Israel. to offer burnt offerings on it, as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation, because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples. And they offered burnt offerings upon it to God, morning and evening. And they kept the festival of booths, as described, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number, according to the ordinance, as required for each day. And after that, the regular burnt offerings, the offerings at the new moon and at all the sacred festivals of God, and the offerings of everyone who made a freewill offering to God. 
From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to God. But the foundation of the temple of God was not yet laid. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters, and food, drink, and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea, to Joppa, according to the grant that they had from King Cyrus of Persia. In the second year after their arrival at the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel son of Shethel and Jesua son of Josedek made a beginning, together with the rest of their people. The priests and the Levites and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity, they appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to have the oversight of the work on the house of God. And Yeshua with his sons and his kin and Cadmiel and his sons, Binwi and Ahudavah, along with the sons of Henadad, the Levites, their sons and kin, together took charge of the workers in the house of God. When the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of God, the priests and their vestments were stationed to praise God with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to God. For God is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised God, because the foundation of the house of God was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house, although many shouted for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 12, A Song of Creation Glorify God, all you works of God. Sing praise and give honor forever. In the high vault of heaven, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let the people of God glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O priests and servants of God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O spirits and souls of the righteous. Sing praise and give honor forever. You that are holy and humble of heart, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let us glorify God. Let us glorify God, source of all being, incarnate word, and Holy Spirit. Sing praise and give honor forever. In the high vault of heaven, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 10 through 24. If Timothy comes, see that he has nothing to fear among you, for he is doing the work of God just as I am. Therefore let no one despise him. Send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but he was not at all willing to come now. He will come when he has the opportunity. Keep alert. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. 
Let all that you do be done in love. Now, brothers and sisters, you know that members of the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you to put yourselves at the service of such people, and of everyone who works and toils with them. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaius, because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. So give recognition to such persons. The churches of Asia send greetings. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their house, greet you warmly in God. All the brothers and sisters send greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Let anyone be accursed who has no love for God. Our God, come. The grace of God, or the grace of Jesus Christ, be with you. My love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A, a song of wisdom. Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of God, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors, and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters. But their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then God, the righteous, sang hymns to your name and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of the Word Incarnate, Jesus Christ, as according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 32. Then they brought to him a demoniac who was blind and mute, and he cured him, so that the one who had been mute could speak and see. All the crowds were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the de demons, that this fellow casts out the demons. He knew what they were thinking and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your own exorcists cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man? Then indeed the house can be plundered. Whoever is not with me is against me, and who, whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, people will be forgiven for every sin and blasphemy, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. The 
the gospel of God. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Mother Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the, of the Mother. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In place of either set of suffrages, Let us use the healing litany from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. We'll use the one that begins on page 33. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. And let's pause here and do just that. And all of those, God, whose names are known to you and not perhaps to me or to us. May we intercede still on behalf of all of those who suffer, which is 100% of humankind. And may we pray in cooperation with you to open avenues and channels of healing and where possible, let us be part of that healing process. Let us, our very selves, be channels of healing. God, the source of all being, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the incarnate word, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. 
Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit those who are bereaved. Heal us, hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. O God, source of all being, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory. In the name of the Holy Trinity, source of all being, incarnate word, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. Dear God, Almighty and Everlasting Mother, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And now is the time, friends, to share a few thoughts, and then, if time permits, 
we will pray some more prayers for healing. So let's have a look at our readings for today. Psalm 31 is, and I agree with my commentary here, both a prayer for deliverance and thanksgiving. And I think that those psalms attributed to David do this often. They pray for deliverance and then they give thanks. I think we can look at it one of two ways, either in advance or that the psalm is written over time. So prayer for deliverance and then thanksgiving after it has been, um, deliverance has been granted. I think either way is is absolutely helpful. And I certainly think that many of us, I, I particularly am in time right now where I can pray for both deliverance and thanksgiving. And we can know that, that God sees and hears. And one thing I want to encourage is that we cry out to God um, the psalmist here says uh, in verse 22, I had said in my alarm. So this is like that reactionary fear, right? We are, at least I am working to live my life rooted from a place of faith and love and not fear and perceived scarcity. You guys have heard me talk about that before, but still, as I ingrain that something will happen and my first reaction is fear. And the way that feels physically to me is, is like a cold wash. You know what I mean? Like all my hair stand up. I feel almost as though I had just stepped into not a pleasantly cool, but like a freezing waterfall, just a deluge. And, and my heart seems almost to seize and then to beat too quickly, quickly. And I get kind of lightheaded and it becomes hard to seek that place of faith and love and grounding and give measured response instead of just reaction, right? Give that reaction to God as the psalmist does and reroute. There are many ways of saying this, reroute, recenter, replace yourself or refocus yourself in love and in faith. And then move on. I think when we react to our external circumstances from that misplaced place of fear, that, that gets us into a lot of trouble sometimes. And that's definitely not what we want. Um, but it's okay to lay all of that on God. Prayers don't have to be perfect. Prayers don't have to be liturgy. Prayers can be that emptying out of all of the junk that's standing between you and God. You can dump all that out on God's altar. You can even think of it as being in God's lap. I think this is where thinking of God, not just as the creator of all beings, but as the nurturer of all beings is helpful. And here in the Psalms, we see, we see all of those things. We see both 
God the vindicator, you know, God is the warrior God acting on behalf of the psalmist. And also God is the nurturer, loving the psalmist steadfastly. It is <clears throat> unreasonable and creates quite a lot of trouble in our lives when we look at other human beings to be all of these things to us. But God can and should be all of these things. And so as the psalmist says, be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for God. And let us remember that as we wait for God, we also wait with God. Our reading from Ezra talks about rebuilding the altar. And this is, this decision to rebuild the altar <clears throat> is um, more fraught than one might expect. You know, when I was beginning this reading, I'm like, oh, how wonderful, you know, the altar is going to be rebuilt and that will be a source of joy. But I think it's interesting that verse three speaks to they set up the altar on its foundation because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples and they offered burnt offerings. So here again is a decision that's made out of fear and perceived scarcity, right? They set up the altar to worship God, not out of joy or love, but out of fear. And in, in this case, like worshiping God is never a bad thing, right? Entering into relationship with God is never a bad thing. But the way that this is set up, um, it's actually, okay, forgive me if this comes out wrong, but I'm just going to bring it out straight. It, it's a little wonder to me that then as we read on, we see that there is some consternation and some weeping from the people, especially those who remember the previous altar and all of its splendor, right? At the dedication, which should be a joyful time. Um, it's not that I, I think that like, oh, it was begun in fear. It's not blessed. It's cursed or anything like that. I just think that the, the relationship that's established here, seeking, seeking God's protection coming from a place of fear necessarily sets up a rhythm of worship that is, is lacking something of the joyful relationship and cooperation with and communion with God, if that makes sense here. And I think that we often do this, right? There are so many pithy little sayings about this. There are no atheists in foxholes and, you know, bargaining with God and, and coming to God in times of trial. And I think that that
that facet of God as parent can sometimes be problematic for us as though we're coming to God as a parent to either bail us out (laughs) or intervene on our behalf um, in the way that that a child would and not necessarily like a child like a young child but like the child of a parent right so either like and it it could be even an adult child coming to the parent I've gotten myself in financial trouble give me money and bail me out or um or as a small child I remember my father was feared by the neighborhood children because if you bullied me you were going to hear from my daddy (laughs) and and I kind of see that aspect a little bit with the people here hey we're we've returned and and we're setting things up and and we're struggling with our neighbors so we're we better set up the altar and we we better ask God for protection and again not necessarily a bad thing but if we narrow our focused relationship with God to that aspect, even in that particular time when it's totally called for, then we're missing out on some other pieces of it, right? Because even, and David teaches us this too, even in the middle of crisis, we can have joy and praise and, and beauty and all of those pieces of the relationship with God, the creator of all. And that's why I think it helps. And I have to give credit to my spiritual direction mentor, Barbara, for um, for sharing with me those phrases that she uses to describe the Holy Trinity. The source of all being, the incarnate word, and the Holy Spirit. And I think that helps because when we look at God as a parent, our minds necessarily fo- re- like narrow that focus to what we know of earthly parents. And that's a lot narrower than God needs to be, right? God as the source of all being is much more expansive than God just as we know of human parenting. And so that's something that all of this is something that I'm striving for in my personal experience right now, right now in a time of anxiety and um like simmering crisis, like long drawn out crisis, um, seeking to find joy and restoration and rootedness in faith and love and drawing on grace, grace abundant from the source of all creation. Those, those are all things for me at this time. And and hopefully that can be helpful for you too. Our New Testament reading, then, is this kind of disjointed letter from Paul that really has three parts, um, talking about expected visitors and then talking about Stephanus and then ending up the greeting. And it almost seems like the letter ends and then restarts before it starts about Stephanus. So... I think here 
Paul is encouraging the Corinthians first, and my commentator agrees with this, uh, to treat Timothy with respect. And then he, it seems like he answers a question, according to my commentary, the formula now concerning in verse 12 indicates that the Corinthians had asked about Apollos. And they want his return. And so Jacob's thoughts here are they wanted Apollos to come, their own, to come back to them. They are getting Timothy instead. Not instead, but that might be the perception. They want Apollos. They're getting this guy, Timothy. He's not one of their own. Paul's concerned that they might not receive him well. We have to accept the messengers that God sends us. And even the most distasteful to us, um, whatever that looks like, God can still speak through. I think that's important for us to recognize. So even when and this is a delicate balance, right? Because it is calling for discernment on our part to discern what is of God, the creator of all, and what is is not, what is maybe a warping of the message on the part of the creative, right? Or created, right? But to, to listen for that message and to be accepting of that message whether it comes from someone who is within our own familiar, understood fellowship, right, who believes like us and looks like us and, and all that kind of thing, or if it's someone from outside, whether it's someone from a different faith community, a different ethnic culture, or a different political belief structure, like nobody is... Nobody is God 100% right all the time, and yet nobody is completely devoid of God 100% wrong all of the time. We can hold that and both. That, And there's really two things I'm saying here, that either that person seems very different from me, and we can both hear from God, be part of the universal co-creative Christ project, even if we don't both use the same Christ, same name Christ to describe it that way. And also, this person or community over here that has some very strong beliefs that I very strongly disagree with and do not believe are from God, they are not completely worthless. They are absolutely still part of God's creation. And so let's not just discount everything about them. So those are the two things, right? And I'm sorry if I didn't express that completely clearly. I hope that it made at least a little bit of sense. And I think it kind of goes along with what, what Paul has to say about Stephanus. 
And I'm, I'm going to read to you from my commentary here. Why should Paul need to appeal for recognition of the first con converts in Achaia, which is the quote from verse 15, the principal Roman province of southern Greece? Evidently, Paul assumed that the congregation or some of its members had no strong in inclination to grant it. So they were, they were not recognizing this other group of people um, who were among the first converts. And so I guess here is my prayer for us that we recognize that of God in all creation, that we are attuned to the rhythm, the melody, whatever metaphor you'd like to use, musical ones seem to fit, of creation so that we can recognize that in others and in ourselves. And if we hear something that is out of tune and is not of God, that we lovingly pray for whatever that blockage is to be removed, but we do not judge our whole selves or that other person's whole self based on that. hope that helps. It's a difficult thing to do, um, really for me, too. I, I tend to be very still, even now, very binary and formulaic, and there's a Christian teacher that I love, or I loved very much, but there was one major issue that this teacher and I just totally disagree on. This teacher teaches something that I firmly believe is not of God, this one particular subject. But on a myriad of other subjects, the teacher has wonder, like very godly things to say that really resonate and have opened my eyes and show a love for, for God and for God's word and for Jesus. And so I'm slowly learning how to accept some without the whole and that's a difficult thing to, to do especially right now in our culture where everything is lived out on this very public stage and I feel like or have felt like if I accept this person then I accept with entirety everything that they're saying and let us have grace to not be so binary to Be able to love all and accept some, all, or none of the teachings or words or expression of a person. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say it any better than that today, and I still feel like I haven't said it totally clearly, but I hope that, that grace overrides and that the Holy Spirit steps in and, and fills in where I've left out. So on to our gospel reading.
So Jesus cures this demoniac, and then the crowd asks with this very negative connotation, basically the equivalent of, this can't be the Son of God, can it? This can't be the Messiah. And the Pharisees take up the negative bait, so to speak, and they say it's only by the ruler of demons that this fellow casts out demons. So they're saying that his authority comes from the de demonic, not from God. And Jesus makes this argument about the house divided, which we've totally kind of subsumed and twisted in our, in our uh, modern culture, but we'll leave that alone for right now. And then he speaks about, he speaks in, in terms of, he speaks in binary terms, quite frankly. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. And then he says that people will be forgiven for every sin and blasphemy, but blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. And that's a really hard thing to think about anything not being forgiven. I, I can't quite wrap my mind around that, actually, especially as much as the, a particular phrase or curse in our culture is so overused. Is that considered blasphemy? Um, growing up in my faith community of origin, any use of God's name other than holy was was really frowned upon. Um, and I, and I still, I, I believe that there, there is goodness in that if we keep the name of God pure and holy. And to remember, to remind ourselves of whom we speak. But I do, I really struggle with anything not being forgiven. And I think that I might have to do some more research on, on what is meant by blasphemy and what is meant by forgiveness here. And forgiveness has been a big topic in my life lately. Forgiveness is a big topic in my life and in our culture as a whole lately. And Holy Spirit, help help me to see what it is here. I think that there's something really important here to remember that That in this context, in this time, Jesus is, is there. Jesus is right here. And they are speaking ill to his face. And he's telling them, this is going to be forgiven. But speaking against the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Holy Spirit, as Jesus is ascending to heaven, he tells them that the Holy Spirit is staying with them. And so perhaps here Jesus is speaking about 
his physical presence standing there right now and people who are ignorantly misunderstanding speaking out against Jesus the man or speaking in contradiction of Jesus the man as opposed to what my commentator calls impious denigration against our holy God. And at this time, too, Jesus had not yet died on the cross. You know, folks, I think we should turn this, well, I would like to turn this one over for a bit and bring it up to God and ask for God's help and, and maybe the help of others in understanding it. And if you have insights, I would love it if you let me know. I certainly do not have all the answers. And quite frankly, this one has me a little bit stumped at the moment because I really do believe that God forgives all of our sins. So what is meant here in this context that blasphemy will not be forgiven? I think maybe it has something to do with the fact that forgiveness is a channel that that we kind of have to open between ourselves and God. God's already forgiven it. Like, God is timeless. God's forgiven it before we can ask for forgiveness. But if we are denying in our hearts, if we are, if we are denying that God is God, how can we see, receive forgiveness? How can we receive godly forgiveness when we are in denial that God is God, that God exists? Maybe that is the piece that we're talking about here. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Oh, sorry. I realized that I hadn't paused it and I thought I had. Um, so yeah, let's kind of think on that for this passage. Lift that up to God and let's see what the Holy Spirit has to say about it. That the couple things I would take from this gospel personally in context, in my context today, are that Jesus' power is, is holy and comes from the source of all creation itself, from God. And that that is the divine power that we should seek to tap into, whether it is, you know, against the counter-inspirer and the evil spirits or um, those spirits as manifest in ungodly and unhealthy institutions, organizations, and structures in our lives, we must seek holy power and God's power. And that is, is the true healer and reconciler, holy, godly power sourced from the creator of all things. That's number one. And then number two is, I think perhaps, we cannot simultaneously deny the holiness of God and also receive God's forgiveness. So let us recognize God as holy. 
let us revere and worship God and thus open the channel for forgiveness. Amen. Let us now pray some additional prayers for healing and for restoration and for protection. First, for the victims of addiction. O blessed God, you minister to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. O God, our Heavenly Mother, whose glory fills the whole creation and in whose presence we, fi- in whose presence we find wherever we go, preserve those who travel, in particular Michelle, Colin, Paul, and Oscar. Surround them with your loving care, protect them from every danger, and bring them in safety to their journey's end. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. Lover of souls, we bless your holy name for all who are called to mediate your grace to those who are sick or infirm. Sustain them by your Holy Spirit that they may bring your loving kindness to those in pain, fear, and confusion, that in bearing one another's burdens, they may follow the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh. You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the source of all being. Grant us, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity to ages of ages. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt us, the anxieties that perplex us, the despair that frightens us, and our frustration at our inability to think clearly. Help us to discover your forgiveness in our memories and know your peace in our distress. Touch us, O Lord, and fill us with your light and your hope. Amen. God, your loving kindness never fails, and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for giving Andrew relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue the good work begun in him, that increasing daily in wholeness and strength, he may rejoice in your goodness, and so order his life always to think and do that which pleases you. 
Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. God, I pray for all of us today that the insights we glean through your word may be carried out in our lives, that we may live rooted from that place of faith and love. God, may we give ourselves permission to both bemoan any current crisis and to lay with travail and tears that at your feet, on your altar, in your lap, and also praise you and find joy and love and hope and enjoyment of life, even in the midst of all of the turmoil. At every moment, may we be in relationship and cooperation with you, God. May we know you as so much more than an earthly parent can be. May we know you as the source of all being. May we root ourselves in faith and love and draw strength and power from you, the source of all being. May we recognize your message no matter what wrapping that message comes in. May we recognize all of your creation as coming from the same source, the source of good and holiness. And may we love that recognizable source. May we love you in all we meet. And may we intercede for healing on behalf of anything that we recognize as twisted and no longer of you. God, I pray for redemption and reconciliation for all of your creation. May we seek only that power that comes from you. May we understand that any power and strength that we should use or we should invoke on our behalf to make right those things that are wrong in this world must come from you, the source of all being. It's a forward restoring. It's the restoring into the selves that you created us to be not setting us back to some point that we might consider perfect in our lives, but restoring forward into our transformed selves that we're currently in process towards. Us and all your creation, God. May we recognize you for who you are, holy, source of all being, incarnate word, and Holy Spirit, 
And so open the channel for your forgiveness and all of your blessings. All this I pray for myself and on behalf of all yours, God. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.